So Charlie Brown cracks open his piggy bank, breaks it open in front of Lucy, and declares, I've got $9.11 to spend on Christmas gifts. Lucy, in her typical way, throwing cold water on Charlie's enthusiasm, says, if you're going to buy all your presents for $9.11, they're going to be a bunch of cheap gifts. To which Charlie, with absolute conviction, conviction replies, nothing is cheap if it costs you all that you have. And when I think of that, I think of what God gave in the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope you're having a great Christmas. I know it's a week until Christmas, but uh, everybody's got Christmas on their mind. And uh, let me just throw something out there before we get into the Word for a few minutes here and close. Um, Christmas time is one of those times of the year where we tend to do a lot of inventorying of our lives. And a lot of times that inventorying has to do with family. All that can lead to excessive, what I call, introspection. And then discouragement and even depression. Why is that? Because sometimes we're not careful of our expectations about a holiday or we don't reject the phantoms. You say, what are the phantoms? Well, the phantoms are that perfect family somewhere else. Or worse yet, everybody else's family is perfect. Why isn't mine? Or everybody else is having a perfect, wonderful Christmas. What's wrong with me that mine isn't like that? Let me recommend to you this morning the Word of God. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 where we're told to think on those things which are true and just and virtuous and lovely. And right on down the line, the Apostle Paul goes, and he tells us to be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let our requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It can be an especially hard time of year for those with broken families, for military that can't be with their family, and for, for those that frankly don't have family. So let me encourage you to look around this time of year and reach out to those that might need some help in that area. And especially if they don't know Christ, tell them about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. If you got a Bible this morning, let's take our Bibles and turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, and a portion of Scripture that most of us are familiar with. John chapter 3, starting in verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, 
that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the word of God and the message of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ presented to us in music. And now as we consider the light of the world in the preaching of the word of God, we ask, Lord, that you would anoint that word to our hearts, clear out all the distractions that would cause us to miss the point and not allow you to work in our hearts and be open to your working in our hearts. Father, for your people this morning, that we would have a greater appreciation of what you gave us and what we have in the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. Father, for those without Christ, that this would be the day of days for them, that they might know him to whom to know aright is to know life eternal. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I want to draw your attention to one expression in verse 17, if you'll take a look at verse 17, where Jesus says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about, For God sent not his Son. God sent not his Son. Uh, this whole portion of Scripture up to this point is a narrative that's a result of a misconception by one of the Jewish leaders, Nicodemus. In verses 1 through 13, Jesus deals with Nicodemus, who is having a hard time understanding the concept of being born again. And then Jesus goes on to say in verse 17, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world. A lot has been said about Jesus as the light, and a lot has been said about why he came. But Jesus, in this portion of Scripture, explains why not why he didn't come. And uh, one, of the, one of the reasons is this business of condemnation. Folks, Christ didn't have to come to condemn us because the law had already done that. The Bible tells us if we uh, offend in one point of the law, according to James, we are guilty of all. Let's ask ourselves a question this morning. How many crimes do we have to commit before we're criminals? How many laws do we have to break before we're lawbreakers? How many felonies does it take potentially to go to prison? And we'd all agree that only one can do the job. But if we look at our lives and we're honest, we've committed way more sins than that. We've broken God's holy law. Conscience, conscience bears witness to this truth. Others, the Bible says, accusing or else excusing one another. You see, the guilt is real. And that's not why Christ came. Christ came to save us and to acquit us from that guilt before a thrice holy God and the judge of the whole universe. God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. God sent not his son into the world to, to, to lower a religious ladder. Now, there's another misconception. A lot of people think that Jesus came to sort of help us keep the law and help us work our way to heaven. And then there's others that think that he came to lower a religious ladder. 
church membership, baptism, sacraments, vicarious workers, saviors on Mount Zion, the living for the dead, the dead for the living, religion. It gives us a placebo. We can feel good for a little while, but there's no cleansing. There's no salvation. And the acid test, there's no assurance. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. He that hath the Son hath life, 1 John chapter 5 tells us. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. What does God require of us this morning for salvation? Abandonment. Abandonment of faith in all of our efforts. No faith whatsoever at all. In my hand, no price I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. Turn to Romans chapter 5, and I want us to take a look for a moment and just see how strongly God demands the abandonment of faith in our efforts. Romans chapter 4 and verse 5. Notice how strong the Apostle Paul by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, puts it to us. But to him that worketh not, to, to him that has ceased his own efforts, to him that is through coming to God and saying, okay, God, you said my righteousness is as filthy rags, and, and, and there's no hope of me saving myself, but, <laughs> but I've been baptized. But I joined the church. But I'm doing this good work, and but I'm doing that. God requires complete abandonment. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but God sent not his son into the world to lower a religious ladder. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. He tells us to let go of faith in our own efforts. Let go of faith in religion. And then he replaces it with something far better. Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. But on him that but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. The Bible tells us for he God the Father hath made him Jesus Christ to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. The perfect lamb of God, without blemish, without spot, took upon himself all of our sins. He exchanges his life for ours. We exchange ours for his. His faith, look at the end of the verse, is counted for what? Righteousness. That righteousness that you were trying to earn, God will only give it to you as a gift in the person of Jesus Christ. 
For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to lower a religious ladder. And then finally, God sent not his son into the world to offer a working model of salvation. Another form of salvation by works. And this is the social gospel, as it's called, in theological circles. Jesus being the the, the prime example, the historical Jesus. Never mind the supernatural aspects of it. He simply died as a martyr for his teachings. And therefore, he laid a path. He built a road. Folks, the Beatitudes are a great working model to live by but they do not atone for sin. We must look at Christ on the cross, crucified, buried, and resurrected from the dead, and understand these things that he tells us in John 3, he meant them. We can't pick and choose like we're going to some sort of buffet Oh, I like that part of his teaching, and I don't like that, but I like this, and, but I don't like that. We can't say we're going to uh, follow or emulate his life for salvation. Jesus didn't leave us that option. He made it clear he would die for our sins, and we would need to believe on him as that payment for our sins. Let's take one more look at it. John chapter 3 and verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him, verse 18, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. You see, folks, it just comes down to believing on him or not believing on him. It's really that simple. If you're on your way to heaven this morning, it's because you have believed on him. You've rested your case on his performance, not yours. If you don't have assurance of salvation this morning, if you're not on your way to heaven, it's because you've got your faith invested somewhere else. Oh, you might, you might be enmeshed in, in some form of Christendom, some form of Christian religion, so-called, whatever denomination, but your faith and trust is outside of the finished work of Jesus Christ, and, and, and God does not work on the basis of a co-op. He's not going to allow you to say, well, uh, I'll do 50% of this, and God, you do 50% of it. He's not even interested in doing 99% of it and you doing 1% of it. He's going to do all of it, or he's going to do none of it. You must trust him completely as your personal Savior. And on that basis, he will give you the gift of eternal life. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. 
That's what we heard about here this morning in song. That's what the Bible testifies by the preaching and teaching of his word. And I want to close with this thought to illustrate really that a gift in the end is a gift. Think of it in simplest terms. It's not complicated. This time of year, somebody asked me this morning, are, are you ready for Christmas? Well, I'm ready for it to come, but I haven't bought gift one yet. I almost bought one yesterday, but I got distracted. But fear not, got a week. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten started the day before on the 24th, so I'm still way ahead of the game. But we're all thinking about gifts, buying gifts. And of course, for the little ones especially, they're thinking about getting gifts, aren't they? Now, think about it. Imagine sometime this week, you've picked out that special gift for someone that you love, a good friend, your spouse, whoever. And you, you buy this gift, and you wrap it up, and somewhere there it says, you know, from you, and then to whoever that person is. And between now and next week, Christmas Day, you give them that gift, their eyes light up, they take it, and then they do the most ridiculous thing, the most offensive thing they could possibly do. They either reach into their purse or pull out their wallet and say, how much will that be? <laughs> Imagine what you'd be thinking. Imagine the awkwardness of the moment. Why? Well, it's very simple. It's a gift. It's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. You can do one of two things when a gift is offered to you. You can receive it, and then it's yours. Or you can reject it. But if it's already been paid for, you can't pay for it again. And that's what religion does. It complicates the matter and makes you think that you gotta pay for it again when the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I'd like for all of us just to take a little bit of inventory for a moment before the service closes out and, and, and look into your heart, search your heart, and answer this question. Have I received Jesus Christ as my personal savior? Now, keep in mind, the question is, is not, it's not, remember, we're talking about what it's not this morning. It's not, have I joined the church? Remember, the question is not, have I been baptized? And the question is not, have I been a good enough person? God says you're not. God says none of us are. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. God's word says no, not one. The question is, have you received God's gift? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In a beautiful package with a beautiful bow, 
God offers eternal life. And this life is found in his son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You are already condemned. You've broken God's holy law again and again and again. And only the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, only the blood that was shed, only his death, burial, and resurrection is a payment that will be acceptable to God. Have you received that gift this morning? Don't try to pay for it. It's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. Right where you sit, or if you're looking in on live stream, wherever you're at, would you bow your head, would you bow your heart to Jesus Christ? And pray a prayer something like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I need salvation from those sins. I'm not kidding myself any longer. My works, my religion, not going to cut it. I'm going to receive your son as your gift of eternal life to me this morning. The Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Call upon him now. Believe on his death, his burial, and his resurrection in your behalf. And he will give you eternal life. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith is just taking God at his word. And you're taking him at his word right now. Best way you know how. In your heart. Open it up to Jesus Christ. Let him be your savior this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray for those that are right now opening their heart to you that are right now saying yes to Jesus Christ, that are right now receiving the gift of eternal life, the greatest gift ever. Or as Paul said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Help them, Lord, to believe your promises even now and seal the deal between them and you. Lord, if there's any here in the congregation that have questions, that need some help, that would like somebody to pray, pray with them and for them, may they during the invitation in just a moment, in this holy moment, would you please help them, prompt them to come forward and get the help they need. Father, if there's some looking in and they have further questions, help them to stay in pursuit, Father. Help them to call. Help them to email. Help them to come in. Help them to ask questions of those that know Christ as their Savior. Get the answers they need. Lord, there's nothing more important anywhere in this world going on right now but what we're talking about at this moment. Impress that upon our hearts. May we feel the full weight of that conviction. And Lord, as your people go forth from this place this morning, telling others about Christ, what a, what a wonderful time of year, Lord. People open their hearts who are normally closed and 
people get cheerful or are usually cranky. Strangers are friendly and more open to conversation. And as believers, Father, help us to seize the moment. And with our words and with our actions and with gospel tracts, by any means necessary, any means possible, spread the good news that God gave His Son. And in giving His Son, He's offering eternal life. And we pray all these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and take our hymnals and turn to number 478. Number 478, only trust Him. close us in a word of prayer. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we sure thank you for the singing and the worship here today. Father, truly to be saved, and Father, to uh, 
give thanks for, for your, your free gift of salvation. Father, we pray for anyone that was here today, Father, that there would be that, that part uh, that's tugging at their heart, showing them, Lord, that they need salvation. Father, pray that it would just uh, uh, not go untouched, and Father, that they would seek uh, talking to somebody and potentially getting saved, Lord. Father, we pray that as the time that our world takes a a slow down to uh, look at the birth of our Savior. Father, pray that we would use it as an opportunity to go out and give the gospel to those around us. Be a shining light in a dark world. We're sure thankful for this church and everything you do for us, and I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.